Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Hey, hey, today's guest, Linda Sidhu, is a list building expert, but she helps entrepreneurs do that with irresistible quizzes. She uses her DISC skills to create a quiz framework that converts at 70, that is 70%. Hey, Linda, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? So happy to be here. Let's start off with a bit about your business journey. So I started my first business. I actually did a multi-level marketing company. I started with the fitness and health beach body because I was trying to get my body back after I had my son and I was staying at home. We had the flexibility to, you know, have the opportunity to be a stay at home mom, but I missed my pharmaceutical days. I missed being on a team. I missed interacting with other people. So I thought it was really intriguing to get into maybe a multi-level marketing, but still be at home with my son and make him a priority. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out mainly because I felt like I couldn't control somebody's end result. So it was really up to them if they wanted to eat better and work out, but I found it really disheartening that I couldn't motivate or inspire them as much as I wanted to. So I just kind of felt like coaching wasn't for me. And then I tried out another multi-level marketing company, which was a skincare company. And I had come from dermatology in my pharmaceutical days, but unfortunately that company went belly up and so everything was gone. And at that point I realized, you know what? I think I'm just going to launch a business of my own. So I formed a partnership and that business, believe it or not, a year later closed during COVID 2020 last year. So I lost my businesses three times. And I remember sitting on my boat in Seattle thinking, I don't know if entrepreneurship is really for me. But actually, a year ago today was when my partner told me she no longer wanted to work our business. And since then, I did decide to go back into entrepreneurship. I doubled down on my strengths. I only started creating quizzes and working with entrepreneurs that light me up. I doubled my income in six months and was recently featured in Forbes. Gosh, that is quite the, the the journey of persistence and then going back to your roots. And what's interesting is I find a lot of people when I talk to them, when they've been in that more corporate job, it's that struggle, 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 and then realizing actually those corporate skills that you had all along were the thing that were missing in entrepreneurship, that there's a gap for in entrepreneurship. So let's talk a little bit about those specific sales skills that you used in the pharmaceutical side of things and then how you translate them into to what you do with entrepreneurs. So you just gave me the chills because that's exactly what happened to me in my journey. 10 years ago, when I was in pharmaceutical sales, I didn't want to go into an office. These doctors were top of the nation. They were experts in their field. And more than likely, they were the ones doing trials on my products. So they knew how it worked. They knew how it compared to others. And they were probably using something similar, to be honest with you. So what I did was I leaned on building relationships and I was taught the DISC. So 
D-I-S-C, which is a way to sell to personalities, basically. And I believe you just told me, too, that you're certified in DISC as well. So what that allowed me to do was understand my doctor's personalities. And I would think about it before I went into their office. If this doctor was dominant, I I knew I wasn't going to be able to tell him what to do. So what I would do is I'd have him direct me to where I wanted to go, essentially. So I would ask them, what type of patients would you use for this particular acne product? And they would let me know this is where I would use it for teenage boys, or sometimes I would use it for adult females. And at the end of our sales conversation, I wanted to be efficient with their time and quick and get to the bottom line. So I would just say, okay, next time you see an adult female come in, would you mind trying it out? And they'd say yes. And so it worked beautifully. And then for the opposite personality, you have the really heart-centered doctors who really care about their patients. They care about their reputations, but they're very slow when it comes to decision-making. Sometimes these doctors wouldn't prescribe my product for two to three years. So what I did with them is I would do lunches. I would invite them to speaker programs where the dominant doctors were using my products and hear from the expert and essentially build my relationship that way. And believe it or not, that ranked me in the top 10 every single year I was in pharmaceutical sales by understanding people's personalities and showing up in a way that was comfortable for them. So what happened when I decided to create quizzes was I wrote them on personality-based. So when people take a quiz, their result is like, oh my gosh, you read my mind, you nailed it, that sounds like me. But for the entrepreneur, what it's doing is it's helping them understand who is their ideal clients, who's taking your quiz, and what do you do with that information now that you know 50% of your audience is the heart-centered folks. Yeah, when I try to explain it to people, I always say to them, this is why you have different buttons on your sales page. The one at the top is for your D, who is going to make a super quick decision, that dominant person. And then somewhere in the sales page, you need to make it sound fun for your I, you need to give a lot of detail for your C, and you need to make the S feel super safe. So we're already using these DISC skills. They've been taught to you by copywriters, but very few people know the behind the scenes of it, you know, of like how those personalities show up beyond their own personality. So how do you explain that? Do you write the quiz for the person? Is it a done for you service so you don't need to do the education? Is it done with you and you need to explain all the types to people? How how do you build the quiz with your client? So great question. And actually, thank you for the point about the buttons because I never, ever thought about that. So that's brilliant. And I'm going to take that and implement it into my sales page. Wonderful tip there. But yes, so I create quizzes for people. What I realized was it was so easy for me to do. When I created my very first quiz, I hit it out of the park. I grew my email list 300% in 60 days. It kept catching like wind. I would have other entrepreneurs share it in their Facebook groups. I would have people share it on podcasts or summits that would bring it up in conversation. And then every once in a while, I would catch wind. Well, about four months after I created my very first quiz, Interact, the quiz platform company, reached out to me and they said, what did you do here? Because your conversion rate is a lot higher 
than what we would expect somebody with a first time quiz or actually an average quiz doing well. So when I told him about my experience in pharmaceutical sales, he said that was an ingenious way to create a quiz. And so they actually brought me on to become a strategic partner with them. And that's when I knew, okay, maybe not everybody knows how to do this. <laughs> so I started to create done for you quizzes and I worked with a mutual friend, Helena, on hers. And it was so fun. And because I was confident in what I did, because I essentially did this for 10 years, right? I would sit in these parking lots and be like, Diane is a conscientious personality. I need to avoid asking her too many personal questions about her weekend. I need to get to the point and have proof to back up my claims in this particular study that she might be interested in. And she would appreciate me a lot more than if I came in being like, hey, how was your weekend? What did you do? Like, so fun to see you, right? Like, completely opposite ways of showing up because our personalities are a little, actually, we're probably exact opposite from each other. So I would just have to sort of be a social chameleon and be like, how do I show up in a way that's going to make Diane feel comfortable versus me feeling comfortable? And in the end, it made us both feel comfortable. But now I'm actually putting together a group coaching program program for entrepreneurs that's a little less expensive than the done for you quizzes that I currently do for my clients. And I'm going to start teaching how I do it. So that's coming out this fall, and I've worked really, really hard trying to get the knowledge of how to teach to adults so we can implement it straight out of the gate versus me talking and sharing information that's useless. A lot of the time is more about implementing it. And then I've even brought a copywriter on board to help me allow confidence with the writers because that's the one thing I was worried about was, okay, A lot of people can do this, but they might not be confident in what they're writing and how the results or questions should be. So I have a partner coming in and we're going to tackle that together. So how does DISC feed into the quiz process? Is it in the start, in the middle, in the end? Does it all mix in? Yes. So what I do, Diane, is I only do the DISC framework at the beginning. More than likely, most of the quiz results are going to go to one offer, not like four or five. So I always work backwards from the offer. And for example, it's usually a course that a group coaching course or some type of course that the client is going to be releasing. And so we work backwards from that. And then the top part is always what personality are you? And we kind of stroke their ego, let them feel seen and heard give them so much positive reinforcement because you're that's your way of welcoming them into your community. So it's a great way to start that conversation and welcome them in and make them feel warm and loved and seen and heard for who they are. And then the rest of the copy is going to start to segue into who is the person behind the quiz. We're going to have a bio and we're going to start the next steps of where we want to take the funnel at that point that's going to go to the offer. So how much of the questions do you feel like you're seeding with disc style questions to help you identify which of the four profiles they are? And how much are you putting in that's just like fun and entertainment to get it to flow? Okay, so usually I have at least three to five questions that are personality based. And they're basically questions on how you would react, how would how you would make a decision, because each personality is going to do something different, Right. So there's at least three to five questions that are doing that. And then 
I have at least two questions that I kind of put in between harder questions. So whether it's a personality-based question and I'm asking you to think a little bit, followed up with that would be a fun question. It does has nothing to do with the quiz. It's just sort of on theme and it's an easy answer for the quiz taker. And then I like to add at least one or two research questions so the client can get some ideal client research and have a question in there or two that helps them better understand their ideal clients. And so I kind of sandwich them in between each other. So we're not asking them to think too hard. And then they get an easy one, like a softball question, and then maybe another harder one and maybe a fun personality question. And it kind of flows that way. So when I come away from this quiz, I now know this about my people. Is my sales copy, how do we go from the quiz where I now know what their profile is? How do I use that? I love where you're going with this and where you're thinking. And for example, I'll use Helena's quiz because you've taken it. I created it. And it's a great example because she was a case study for me. We found out, even though Helena is very dominant, fast-paced, decision-maker, results-oriented person, she was actually drawing in 50% of her audience was that heart-centered person. And we were really surprised in a way, but maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised because if you think about those people who are interested in doing a TED Talk, those are the people who want to change the world. Those are the ones that want to do it for our children, climate change. So she was drawing in a lot of people that were her opposite. So what we did with that information is we started to add more testimonials because those people really want to know what is, you know, I want proof that she's been able to help other people. We were also, I had suggested, I'm not sure if she did this, but money back guarantees because they're very slow to purchase something. And when they do, they always want to know, how can I get my money back if I regret this decision? And just a little tidbit about that personality, they never buy on Black Friday, ever. (laughs) They won't do it. And if they did, they're going to return it. So that's where we kind of let them know, like, this is how you can get your money back or this is a guarantee. So she used that psychology to help those clients feel safe. And the other cool thing that she did is instead of doing a half hour discovery call, she allowed a whole hour. So she built the relationship. She asked them questions about who they were. She allowed space and time for them to ask her questions. And I believe she filled almost every single one of her seats except for one and had about a $95,000 launch with her program last year. It it is interesting to me, like knowing her so well, it does make sense, right? Her people are extremely heart-centered, but they do probably need her more fast-paced, get your point across to limit that to a TED Talk, to cut it down. So it makes sense why she's the right person to serve them. So we do the quiz, we go hard on the piece that is personality-based in the results, guide them to essentially the same next steps but then write the sales page, making sure that the people that we are attracting get what they need. So if you get a lot of Ds, they have a button really high up. If you have a lot of Cs, you're frequently asked questions, better be like a workbook. Ss, like you said, testimonials. And I just need to believe everything's a party. So it just has to sound like it's going to be a lot of fun with a lot of people. And so that's essentially how you're using it to then convert on the sales page. So it goes beyond the quiz into the sales page. Yes, it can. I mean, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that have hired their own launch strategist and whatever, 
and they just want me for the quiz. So it's interesting to know that they don't want to tap into that information when it's available. But with Helena, I was really excited to help her guide her the whole way and just see it through because I wanted to prove that this was going to work and it was going to make sense. And so it gave me more confidence to see that whole process go through. And then that allowed me to coach a group coaching for the fall where I can also add a sales piece to this. So once your quiz is up, what kind of analytics are you getting? Who's being drawn to you? And what do you do with that information? How do you write to those individuals? And how do you actually show up for them in a way that's going to make them feel comfortable, build the relationship and trust you to work together? So when people hear us talk about a sales page with the psychology, they hear like the dangers of NLP versus all we're doing here is trying to give each personality type exactly what they need or repel somebody who's wrong for the product. So it's done with good intentions. <laughs> and yeah, and that's that's the thing is like as a business owner, if you know you don't really like to work with a certain personality, you can definitely repel that personality and get them out or you can just target the other ones. So we've said, here's how it's feeding into the quiz. Then we're using that information to bring the right people in in the sales cycle. But then when they are a client, you know how to deliver to them the best so that they do get those results. So it's interesting to see that front to back flow through. It's more than just the leads. It can actually really influence that client's results. And I guess then their lifetime value, because if you feel so seen and heard and someone's helping you in the exact way you want to be helped, why would you not go back? And I think you're bringing up a big point and the whole reason why I do this is at the end of the day, I want to help people. I don't want to repel people. I don't want to attract people. I want to help people. So it doesn't matter what your personality is. When I start identifying who you are and I see that you're asking questions, I try to check myself and say, look, Linda, don't get offended. This is how they are. And I just need to support them in this way and give them a little bit more boost and confidence that it's going to work because this is a lot of money. And this is really scary to launch something. And so what it does is it allows both people to understand each other so you have a successful outcome. So really, it's like one of the best ways to show up in your business because you truly care and you want them to have success. So who should and shouldn't have a quiz? I think quizzes are great. I tend to work with course creators and coaches and they're knock on wood, but there hasn't been a quiz that I've created that hasn't created a lot of leads, a lot of excitement, a good funnel, and a great launch. So I think that anybody who wants to do a quiz is a great candidate. I don't actually do quizzes for e-commerce, you know, like a product-based quiz, but I have seen on Interact's website, there are some amazing case studies, and one was primarily pure. They did a deodorant quiz. It was like, what deodorant's best for you? And I actually took it, but their company, you just answer a few questions. And I believe I got like the lemongrass deodorant. <laughs> They're like, this one happens to be best for you. And then there was an opportunity to buy it for like $11 or however much they cost. And I think they generated like maybe $30,000 or more for their quiz. So that in itself, it was very easy quiz to take. People had fun with it. They bought from it. So even using that as an example, product-based businesses can do some fun quizzes. Uh, Service-based people can do quizzes. But at the end of the day, the reason why I like quizzes so much is because they're fun. 
they're entertaining. And that's what you're seeing on social media these days, right? The reels and all these things. Like people want entertainment. They're craving that. It takes a few seconds, sometimes less than a minute to take a quiz. And those fast-paced people like you that don't have a lot of time, they don't want a PDF. They don't want to sign up for a summit that's going to take two weeks to hear 21 speakers, right? At the end of the day, a quiz takes less than a minute, and it it's a fun, entertaining thing to do. And you're gaining a lot of insight on your ideal clients. And that's a wealth of knowledge to help you as a business entrepreneur. Quizzes tend to be quite labor intensive to set it all up, have it all working, and then to tweak it to work out like, hey, people are dropping off after question four or whatever, for example. Would you recommend that people think about it when there's an ROI coming off the back of it? So like you said, for a launch or when they have a proven funnel versus just, hey, let's just generate some leads. Yeah, you know, a lot of people want to just generate leads. So I'm always shocked and excited to share with them that there's that's really the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more underneath a quiz and there's so much strategy. And I think that's what sets me apart as a quiz creator because I felt like I was one of the only people that started talking about, hey, look what you're actually doing here. It's not just about getting leads. It's about understanding your business, segmenting your audience, writing to them in a more personalized way where they feel seen and heard and you feel good about what you're sharing, then you can get information and understand, is this offer right? If not, then there's something else. You can dissect your audience. And my own theory is the done for you people who want the quiz are more the fast paced dominant people. But the people who are going to join my program are going to be the ones that are thriving or craving community and that slower paced person. So it's the exact opposite. So now I have two offers for different personalities, right? And I'm looking at it big picture where it's like, okay, any personality can have a quiz. Which way do you prefer to go? So I think a lot of people will be inspired by this and excited to try it. How can they get started building their own quiz? All right. I have something really exciting to share today. I finally created a quiz that's going to not only help you create a quiz, but it's going to help you launch your course or program or offer based on your personality. And it's I will make sure that we link all of that, though, in the show notes for everyone. So to finish up, I ask two questions to all of my guests. The first one is, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? My lifestyle boundary for my business is probably family. I have a little boy, got a lot of energy. And so he has taught me early that I need to take care of my health. I need to stay. What's your quiz to cash strategy? And so what it's going to tell you is, okay, yes, you should be doing a quiz, but based on your personality, here's your ideal way to launch your offer after you've created your quiz by leaning into your strengths. And that way you're not, you're actually feeling really good about everything you do moving forward with your launch. Oh, amazing. Well, I'm excited to take that quiz. I will make sure that we link all of that though in the show notes of everyone. So to finish up, I ask two questions to all of my guests. The first one is, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? My lifestyle boundary for my business is probably family. Uh, I have a little boy. He is got a lot of energy. And so he has taught me early that I need to take care of my health. 
you know, I, I need to have fitness, I need to eat healthy, I need to have high energy, and I need to keep up with him, but I want to be present in his life. So he has always been my boundary. Like if he's around, I'm not working. I spend time with him. I feel like life's too short. I don't know what it is but about Liam, but he's my only son. And I feel like I only get this one chance with him. And so I don't want anything to come in its way. Plus, it's really hard to do business when he's around because he doesn't really allow it. <laughs> okay, finally, what is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given as an entrepreneur? Worst advice? Gosh, I don't know, Diane. You caught me off guard on that one. I, f- I don't know if there is any advice out there that's bad. Here's my thought is when you're investing in mentors, you're obviously trying to learn from them and you're taking the advice and you're implementing those nuggets that you think would work for yourself. And if that advice or that didn't work out, I still think it's a step in the right direction because you've learned something along the way. And I feel like with entrepreneurship and my history of failureship, that you shouldn't get caught up on what someone said or what you did. It's all a learning lesson and it's a step forward. Yeah, it might have been a step sideways, but now you know to move in a different direction. So unfortunately, I don't I think if you've taken somebody's advice, it's not really on them. It's more like on you and how you handle it, right? Interesting. Not an answer that I've had before. Well, this has been super fun and how fun to chat to somebody with like that disc vibe and have all of that get refreshed in my brain. So I know that people are going to want to talk to you about this. I know that people are going to want to take your quiz and then come back and talk to you about their results. Where's the best place to find you on social so they can carry on the conversation? Yeah, the best place to find me on social media is in my Facebook group, quiz creators. So if you search quiz creators, it's easily searchable. You'll find me there. And there's over a thousand entrepreneurs in there. And I am there to help support, answer questions. And I'll be doing uh, a few challenges later this year. That'll be fun. And I think that's the best place that you could possibly find me. I'll make sure to link that as well. Thank you so much for this. I am excited to look at quizzes in a whole new light. Thank you. I'm excited that you're able to look at them in a whole new light and create something fun for your business that's going to not only help you better understand your clients, but make them feel really warm and welcomed when they first meet you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.